and welcome to the JNMP podcast, where we're joining with this month's patient choice. We're joined by Dr. Susanna Pick from the section of Cognitive Neuropsychiatry at the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience at the King's College London. And we're going to be discussing emotional processing in functional neurological disorders. For those new to this topic, functional neurological disorders are ones defined by the presence of neurological symptoms that are not explained by identifiable neurological pathologies. It's often described as an elusive disorder for which there are several explanatory models, to which of course I will hand over to Susanna for further details. So Susanna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. And if you could start off by telling us a bit more about the current explanatory models for functional neurological disorders. Sure. So I suppose it's worth noting to start with that, you know, using the term elusive refers to the fact that really at the moment there's still no kind of single universally agreed um, explanatory model for FND. There are models that account for different FND symptom types, such as dissociative seizures or functional motor symptoms. But at the moment there are very few um, explanatory models that actually seek to explain the range of uh, FND symptoms in a single account. There's been quite a lot of progress since the turn of the century uh, in terms of both empirically and theoretically. There's been a lot more attention paid to FND um, and I think it's fair to say that it's well accepted that we can conceptualise FND within a a broader biopsychosocial framework. So the work of the likes of Marcus Ruber, Alan Carson, John Stone for example, really helped to elucidate the various biological, psychological and social factors that serve as as, uh, predisposing, precipitating and perpetuating influences. But still, I think there's there's a long way to go. So uh, we've seen quite a a progressive move away from the historically dominant psychodynamic or trauma-focused perspectives. And instead, what we're seeing now is a trend towards a focus on more cognitive neurobiological explanations. So, for example, some of the key figures in this area are Richard Brown, who has proposed several cognitive accounts of dissociative seizures, most recently with uh, Marcus Roeber in their integrative cognitive model. And another key model is that that of Mark Edwards and colleagues, who proposed a, a Bayesian predictive processing account of FND more generally. And some of the key kind of ideas that have come out of these models really are are the importance of the role of attention and and also beliefs and expectations regarding symptoms. So, for example, it's proposed that there's a uh, FND symptoms might be associated with a a disproportionate attentional allocation to somatic states and symptoms uh, alongside uh, fixed or overly certain beliefs and expectations regarding the occurrence of symptoms. In addition, it's been proposed that there's some degree of misattribution of uh, somatic states as as symptoms. And also in the uh, integrative cognitive model of of Brown and Roy, for example, they talk about the role of maladaptive symptom schemas that can be activated relatively automatically without conscious awareness or control. So those are some of the kind of key kind of cognitive processes that have been proposed. And there's also been a rapid advance in our understanding of the neurobiological basis of FND, which we've uh, seen. In the, in the work of the likes of Valerie Voon, Selma Ibeck and David Perez and their groups, for example. And they've really looked at the, the, the possibility of altered structure and functioning of a range of neural regions and networks that are, are known to be involved in attention, motor and cognitive control and awareness. So it's been proposed that FND symptoms could be a result of changes or differences in the function and integration of these areas. So I think that's really where we are at the moment. That's the, the kind of focus of attention theoretically as it stands. 
So it sounds like there has been a move away, as you said, from the psychosocial models to the more neurobiological and cognitive um, models. Do you think that's an important shift or is it more about integrating the two? So, yeah, firstly, I think it is an incredibly important shift. I think it's important that we are moving forward with our understanding of the pathophysiology and the cognitive processes involved in FND, not least because for many patients, for many individuals diagnosed with FND, there might not be significant psychological trauma or uh, psychological symptoms present. Having said that, it's also important to recognise that for a substantial proportion of people with FND, there is actually a quite a plausible and convincing connection between a range of adverse or stressful life events or circumstances, emotional difficulties and their symptoms. So I think there is a need to integrate psychosocial factors and explanations with these more recent cognitive neurobiological perspectives because I think we need to acknowledge that the, the multifactorial and potentially the heterogeneous kind of processes that, that can contribute to the symptoms. Your paper, of course, is about the emotional processing in functional neurological disorder. So I wondered if you could tell us a bit about how that comes into these, this integrated model. Yeah, of course. So the when I'm talking about emotional processing, it probably helps us to give a, a, a you know a quick summary of what I'm what I'm referring to. So emotional processing, I guess, in one way, can refer to the range of physiological, neural, and cognitive responses that occur during or after exposure to emotionally significant events. So emotionally significant events or stimuli can obviously have a positive or a negative quality, um, but they generally hold some sort of significance to, to the individual. So this can be significant on a primary level, such as with naturally occurring reinforcers or with direct threats to bodily integrity or survival, or they can also hold significance through learning, so through association with these primary stimuli. And we know there's a lot of evidence from effective neuroscience that's emerged over the last 20 years that emotional processing can occur both on a pre-conscious or implicit level, but also on a conscious level. So uh, there are uh, emotional reactions and emotional processes that occur below the level of conscious awareness and so given what we've talked about in, in answer to your last question it seems like a clear avenue uh, to try and explore whether there are differences in emotional processing in people with FND because this could actually offer a key link between the psychosocial risk factors that we've talked about and the potential cognitive neurobiological processes. So a lot of the previous research that explored emotional processing in, in people with FND focused on clinical observation or using self-report measures, but we've now seen an emergence of the use of established experimental paradigms to look at emotional processing uh, in this population. And this was what we obviously focused on in our, in our review. So we noted a few uh, key differences, particularly in processing of uh, pre-conscious and conscious uh, emotional stimuli, particularly facial expressions, but also more general uh, affective images. And there have been a few studies that actually found evidence for direct effects of um, exposure to emotional stimuli on motor control and symptom perceptions, which is which suggested a, you know a direct influence of emotion on potentially on symptoms. And another key theme that emerged uh, in the literature was that of 
effective hyperarousal. So there are a range of different types of evidence for this, including elevated cortisol levels, skin conductance levels, elevated heart rate, reduced heart rate variability, and so on. So I think there is emerging evidence to support the view that emotional processing differences may be relevant. But we also, in our review, highlighted a range of weaknesses in the in the studies, um, particularly small sample sizes. And at the moment, there are very few replications. So I think there's there's a lot more work to do in this field. Your paper also talks about sort of emotional processing, but also about the limbic paralimbic disturbances that can be identified in patients with FND. I wondered if you could tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, sure. So we also reviewed the functional neuroimaging uh, literature, particularly that involving these key emotional processing paradigms and found, noted some key differences really. One of the most notable differences uh, which has been replicated in several studies is hyperactivation of the amygdala, particularly during implicit processing of facial expressions. And this this is likely to be linked to um, a behavioural finding which has also been replicated, which is that of a pre-conscious attentional bias to emotional faces. So this basically suggests some degree of uh, hypervigilance, automatic hypervigilance to social emotional cues. But there are also, in our review of this literature, we also found uh, differences in regions involved in interception such as the insula, those involved in automatic affective responses such as the periaqueductal gray and is also in emotional awareness and, reg- and regulation so areas such as the cingulate cortex, orbitofrontal cortex and uh, dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. Another really interesting finding is that of um, enhanced functional connectivity between uh, limbic and motor regions during these emotional processing tasks, um, which again, you know, links into emerging behavioural data, which suggests a possible influence of emotion on motor symptoms. So, that yes, yeah, so there's there's some connection between the behavioural and psychophysiological findings and uh, the neuroimaging data. I mean, they're very interesting findings, very succinctly described in your review. Um, so obviously this, this sort of concept of emotional processing sort of contributes to this unified model of FND. So, so how do you think this can move forward? How, how do you think this model um, can progress? So I think that our model provides a, a common pathway between the various biological and psychosocial risk factors and what we're basically proposing is that uh, the core affective features that we've observed such as elevated affective arousal and altered emotional processing could directly contribute to the symptoms so what we've proposed is that this could take place through the interaction of limbic neurocircuits with with those circuits involved in awareness motor control and automatic affective responses so Going forward, I think that hopefully our model will suggest areas for future research, particularly in how emotional and cognitive processes interact and how these relate to to, to the occurrence of FND symptoms. I think an important area is to try and tease out which specific risk factors or symptom types are associated with uh, particular patterns of emotional responding. So basically, for which patients is emotional processing most relevant and of course an an implication of this will be to try and use these findings to to refine treatments or indeed potentially to try and develop new interventions for for individuals for which this is relevant. Absolutely it's a great contribution to the wider body of work and understanding about functional neurological disorder and hopefully is is reducing its elusiveness uh, with each new piece of research. So Susanna thank you so much for joining me and for speaking to me about your work. You're very welcome. Thank you.
So that was Dr. Susanna Pick from the section of Cognitive Neuropsychiatry at the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience at King's College London. And she was discussing her recent review in the JNMP looking at emotional processing in functional neurological disorder. You can, of course, as always, download these papers for free from jnmp.bmj.com. And I thank you all for listening to me.